It's time for episode 374 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, November 25th, 2020. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that only needs 30 minutes in the oven after an overnight brining. I am your salty, salty co-host, Micah Sargent, and I am joined by my dungeon buddy, good pal, and noted author of note. Yes, it's Dan the Man Morin. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing great, Micah. My wife is actually brining a turkey breast as we speak uh, using buttermilk. Interesting. I don't oh. know. It sounds good. Fancy, fancy. We, of course, have two awesome guests. And to my left, it is delightful beam of multicolored amazingness, uh, podcaster, and the internet's best friend. It's Kathy Campbell. Welcome back to the show, Kathy. Oh, thank you. That is such a sweet way to start my Wednesday morning. I'm so excited to be here and share a little happiness and joy. And then I'm am sad, though, that tomorrow I will not be spending it in the basement of my parents' house where I hide for the turkey, but that's okay. <laughs> to my left this week, it is the proprietor of the Shortcuts catalog, which has a new fancy extra membership plan with new shortcuts for you every single week. It is, of course, the Shortcuts guru himself, Matthew Castanelli. Welcome back, Matt. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. This is a fun week for shortcut stuff so i'm excited to of course shove it down your throats my understanding is it's always a fun week for shortcut stuff when you're involved uh and it's always a fun week to get this show rolling because we've got four topics in just 30 minutes before we take it out of that salty water bag i'm still doing the brining thing anyway uh, my topic for you you may have smart home products in your home i've asked that question to multiple people on this show at multiple times but i'm curious do you have any smart home automations set up? Have you taken that next step? Kathy, we'll start with you. I love when I get these questions because I am like on the far end of the spectrum of pretty much anyone else that's ever on this show. Um, so I actually have a... I, okay. Let me, <laughs> I like let me this step back. It's too much. I let think me sum up. so. <laughs> <laughs> so I tell the Amazon lady in a tube, uh, good morning. And she turns on the light in my daughter's bedroom when I go to wake her up in the morning for school. So I think that's a yes. Yeah, that's a yes. Okay, so let the record state for the first time in like however long I've been doing <laughs> clockwise, <laughs> I actually have a positive answer to a smart home product question. You're welcome. Woo! I think I think Kathy just dropped the mic and left is what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I have plenty of smart home products. You no, know, uh, I have a couple automation set up, but they're pretty much all light related um because i have I, I like having lights on timers so for example the light uh there's a floor lamp in my office that goes on an hour before sunset every day because my office can start getting a little dark by that point and then there's a timer that turns it off uh at like i think like tw- half an hour past midnight or so um because obviously i just don't want it sitting there on all the time uh and we have some timers in our new house to have the lights go on and off at certain times so it looks like somebody lives there please don't rob my new house there's nothing in it so go ahead i guess um 
<laughs> you can feel the one smart switch that's in there. Uh, so yeah, I, I and I grew up like having um, we had a, like a, a light in our front room when I was a kid that was on one of those mechanical timers. So that having lights on timers always seemed very uh, normal to me. But beyond that, I don't have anything that's more complex. Partially because some of the smart home stuff I have doesn't play well with the home apps automation features. Um, so like I have some of the Eve degree temperature sensors, and you can do some automation stuff with them in eve's own app but not in the home app which is annoying so yeah um matt i'm guessing there's no no automations you don't seem like yeah. an automation kind of guy. <laughs> it's not really my my jam i have i think just only like 40 nfc tags around the house um, i almost spat I out my water man <laughs> <laughs> every light i'm pretty sure is on a, a hue thing although now that they have the ambiance change throughout the day thing i might need to upgrade those um, <laughs> if they'll ever friggin update it yeah yeah, yeah that's, that's true that's it in theory it's rolling out but um i definitely my favorite ones are the motion sensor in my office just because i walk in and the lights turn on that's always excellent um porch like a porch light and then we have string lights in the back those turn on and off at night and like turning off the lights at the end of the day but um one of my favorite ones that i've been trying to f- set up is with the fantastical app you can get the color of the calendar event so for example bear with me here um <laughs> i have like a videos calendar that's red and then a podcast one that's purple and so i can have the light change the color based off of the color of the event and i have this whole color coding system so yeah, I've got I've got some automations. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, thank you all for your answers on that one. I um, have some smart home automations set up, as you would probably imagine, given my uh, love for the smart home. I just actually was inspired, Matthew, with yours. One of the things that has always bothered me about... Um, motion-based automations when it comes to non-transitional spaces, meaning spaces that you go in and you stay in. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. The thing that's always bothered me is that you typically don't want to have sort of an off button for those or an off uh, condition for those because otherwise you have to wave your arms every once in a while so that they know that you're in there. So annoying. Yeah. Um, And so what I, I, I love them in transitional spaces, you know, a hallway or a stairwell uh, the lights come on as they see you approach, and then they turn off after you have left that transitional space. But I just thought of an automation to just have the um, motion sensor do the activation of a scene and then stop after that. I mm-hmm. get to choose to turn them off whenever I'm ready to turn them off. Um, so until we are eventually living in our U1 future uh, of ultra-wideband uh, oh, yeah. presence sensing... Um, I think that that's not a bad idea. So thank you for your inspiration there. And let us move on to our next topic, which comes from Kathy. So this morning, Taylor Swift just put out a studio session video on Disney Plus of her folklore album, where they recorded live versions of the album that was written during quarantine. Uh, We learn a lot about how they uh, wrote and recorded and filmed stuff from the entire opposite sides of the United States. Uh, And we've also seen a lot of music videos and short films and things uh, put together using technology. So the creativity involved to take something that's usually so intertwined and intimate and make something so personal to put out into the world is 
interesting. How do you think that COVID and quarantining will change the creativity and production of art in the future? Yeah, I think this is interesting because a lot of these tools obviously have been around for a long time, but we didn't have like this driving need to use them. They were things that often got used in very specific circumstances and a lot of times felt like, oh, we can do this thing. Let's try it. But, you know, they would end up feeling uh, cumbersome or potentially inferior to, you know, the, the ability to gather in person and do these creative tasks together. But now that we've had to do it, I feel like people are spending a lot more time with the technology and we're realizing all the places where it does fall short uh, and stuff that we can improve. And I hope that there's a lasting impact in that it enables far-flung collaborators to work together on creative projects without feeling like, oh, this just isn't the same as this, you know, I, I platonic ideal of getting together and exchanging the free flow of ideas. Um, and instead, we realize, no, it's the, the medium is not that important. It's just, you know, being willing to use it. Uh, but I think the the real challenge here is going to be eventually when stuff does go back to normal, quote unquote, how much of a lasting impact this has and how much we will embrace the things that we did because we had to when we don't have to do them anymore. Uh, I'm hopeful, but yeah, I'm not really sure how that'll shake out. Matthew, what about you? I definitely agree. And this is an excellent question because I think we've already seen some of the effects of this with even the rise of Platforms like Discord is a great example of mm. just people collaborating together and communicating in one place that maybe wasn't, it was just for gamers, it seemed like a lot before kind of thing. Um, I think an interesting angle that I was pondering was just the venture capital and the investments in these spaces are much higher because it it is a, maybe that's not a great thing sometimes, but also just the valuations of these companies skyrocketing means that there's interest in these spaces. And so hopefully those tools can get adopted more in the right ways that people need now and not based off of what we used to need. So I think it's becoming a lot closer and I've seen a lot of, especially video collaboration tools are a lot more widespread. And I think just being adopted quickly as opposed to before, like the same thing that Dan was saying, you kind of could do it, but it, everybody has their own ways that they're set in. And now those ways are being set in the last nine months. And so everything is changing, but we're going to have to wait to see the effects of it too, I think. Yeah, I, I think uh, at the risk of, of not just repeating what has already been said, I'll just agree with the part about essentially um, folks being forced into using uh, these tools that have always been available um, in ways that you know you may not have before, and I think that that's going to result in uh, a realization that this remote ideal is a possibility. And as we continue to see uh, the improvement of virtualization, um, especially when it comes to some of these more high-powered machines and the things that uh, folks have to do there, uh, we'll continue to see that you can uh, sort of have remote systems that work and that people can work remotely. And I think that that's going to lead to better uh, job satisfaction overall, which when people have that satisfaction are able to flourish more creatively. And that will, of course, then lead to better creativity. So um, yeah, as long as, as Dan said, we don't fall back into this idea that, okay, now that this is all over, we've got to go back to the way things once were. Um, because 
what we've been able to show is that we can do these things in new ways. Kathy, why don't you round out that topic? I mean, basically what you all just said. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I am hopeful and I like the idea that this type of collaboration can continue on and become a norm, um, which will allow a wider variety of voices and people to contribute in a way that maybe they couldn't have in the past. I'm thinking of like single moms that there's no way they could go remote, like go live in, I don't know, London for three weeks for a shoot of some sort, like being able to provide different ways for people to contribute into the world, I think is pretty special. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Well, folks, uh, we have reached halftime. And of course, that means we'll take a break so I can tell you about the incredible, the awesome, the very neat Linode. Whether you're working on a personal project or you're all the way up to managing enterprise infrastructure, you deserve simple, affordable, and accessible cloud computing solutions that allows you to take your project to the next level. You can simplify your cloud infrastructure with Linode's Linux Virtual Machines, helping you develop, deploy, and scale your modern applications faster and easier. Quite frankly, anything that could make your workflow faster and easier is, of course, worth checking out. Linode has 11 global data centers, and here's something that is just beyond uh, ridiculous when it comes to these these types of, of systems. It's 24-7 human support 365 days a year try to talk to anyone else in this space about getting support in that way you can't find it this is linode so you never have to be stuck without support night or day holiday or not linode is there with no tears or hands off regardless of your plan size and you can check it out for free get started right now on linode today with a 100 uh, in free credit for listeners of clockwise by going to linode.com slash clockwise. Also, in addition to shared and dedicated compute instances, you can use your $100 credit on S3-compatible object storage, managed Kubernetes, and more. So, head to linode.com slash clockwise and click on the Create Free Account button to get started. Go there now and check it out, especially because there are lots of different things that are available there. You could create a Minecraft server. Uh, Our thanks to Linode for its support of this show, and of course, all of Relay F. M. Alrighty, Dan, what have you got for us? All right. Well, not even the pandemic can stop Black Friday. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, well, I guess not. It'll look different like everything this year. And my question for you is do you tend to buy big ticket tech items on Black Friday? Do you buy some smaller stuff if you need it? Uh, do you buy nothing at all? And if you do buy stuff, where do you look for deals, Matthew? I feel like I tend to lean towards the smaller things that. I would otherwise end up buying when I didn't necessarily need them. And those are the kind of purchases that sneak up on you a lot where you're like, Oh, I've been, I haven't bought too much. And then it's like one Amazon purchase turns into $80 somehow sometimes. (laughs) So I think getting those things, even with just little discounts makes a big difference. And I'd say I always like try to think of websites where I look for it, but truth is it, I feel like it's always Twitter leads me to those places. And so trying to find just actual deals that humans are tweeting, I think has a lot more value a lot of times for me than roundups of 
products that maybe people want. I don't know. Like, I think that's, I have no idea how to make gift guides for people. <laughs> I just know what I bought. So I think that's always, you'll find those gems from a single person who's in your lane kind of, or something like that. Yeah. Um, I tend to ignore Black Friday to the best of my ability. And uh, what, what was I saying on Monday? Uh, it's Black Friday, Cyber Monday, uh, two for Tuesday. Wow, what a deal Wednesday. That's a good deal Thursday. And for real, that's a deal Friday. It just keeps going and going and going. Um, and I tend to ignore those things, except every once in a while on Amazon, when I'm going there to just get some new treats from a dogs, I'll see something that's like, oh, yeah, you can get uh, a smart plug a wi-fi connected smart plug for 4.99 instead of the normal 25 dollars. of course i'm gonna get that i mean come on so every once in a while those deals pop out at me but i don't really go looking for them um just because they tend not to be things that are any good like it's black friday deals are typically old televisions you know last model televisions and i mean the whole point black friday started as a way for companies to get their uh, their balance sheet back in the black, uh, which is a good thing, <laughs> um, despite the name, which sounds a little bit sinister, and it has become sinister. But it was, yeah, to essentially get things back in the black. And so you you try to get rid of your inventory, and you would uh, you know push all those things out there with with good deals. But essentially, it was to prepare for the next year of new stuff. So old stuff, uh, selling old stuff at lower prices tended to be the uh well it was the tradition of black friday and continues to be the tradition of black friday especially in electronics so just be aware of that and be careful not to get essentially suckered into buying old stuff so the companies can get back into the black kathy what are your thoughts i usually like after November 1st, if there's something that I'm like, oh, I need a new bigger hard drive or I need some SD cards or something, I will make like a list on my Amazon with those things that I'm going to that I like start needing, maybe mm -hmm. light bulbs or socks or whatever random things. And then on Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and all of those things, I will just kind of check out the prices and see, oh, yep, it's time. But I never specifically wait for something or purchase something that I don't need or anything like that. It's just not, I've, I've never really done the wake up at two o'clock in the morning to go shopping or anything like that. It's just like, okay, I'll take a look and see and then if not cool yeah i tend to yeah sometimes every once in a while there's something i'm specifically looking for and i find that invariably that thing never goes on sale on black friday <laughs> uh and so instead i end up buying you know some smaller things so for example this year i know it's not black friday yet but i already bought like a couple like you know extra lightning cables to have around because they were on sale and why not uh, you can never have too many lightning cables um but yeah i tend to keep a close eye on the wire cutters deal page because i feel like they do a pretty good job of uh, separating the wheat from the chaff but like matthew said that uh, you know i spent a lot of time on twitter and looking for people mentioning like oh this is a great deal on this thing um so we'll see i i i must admit that i am very susceptible to like the 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 great <laughs> deals as micah can attest um and i think 
you know <laughs> when when it seems like you're getting a good deal on something i just like oh yeah that sounds good I, I do i need that thing i don't know but maybe uh maybe i will maybe i will so i'm a terrible shopper <laughs> is the short part of this story anyway thank you for your thoughts on that let us go to our final topic today which comes from matthew so have you heard the good news um <laughs> oh my shortcut. <laughs> i had to do it um shortcuts can now be added to the home screen and they won't open the shortcuts app automatically every time so two months ago when ios 14 came out there was the huge aesthetic home screen trend and i'm very curious if people are still doing that because it would kick you into the shortcuts app every time before you opened that app or just ran the shortcut if you were doing that most people i think were just opening apps but now those shortcuts on the home screen are fully interactive they work with every sort of menu typing in text they're basically custom apps now on the home screen and i was saying on smart tech today with micah like this is what shortcuts should be and so i'm very curious if this type of change will make a difference for any of you listening also you hosts here because a lot of times people I mean, they're actually shortcuts now. There's a one-tap thing that does something on your home screen as opposed to being buried in the shortcuts app or you can use the widget, but there's not everybody loves those. So I'm very curious, are you all going to try shortcuts more now that this is going to be a feature coming in iOS 14.3? I'm not going to be aesthetic <laughs> AFing my home screen. Um, I, I, just for me, that's not... I just don't have the energy to like f for me that requires a level of activation energy that I have put to other things for some people that's well within their uh, active energy budget because it is a thing that like brings them joy and for me the joy to active energy ratio is not uh, <laughs> on my side enough so no aesthetic I have home screens for me but what I am excited about is basically having um, what amounts to uh, HomeKit widgets on my on my home screen, so I can trigger scenes from HomeKit with a tap of a of an app that's right there on my home screen. So um, that is really interesting to me. And I, regardless of what I want personally, I am incredibly excited about this because I know there's so many people out there, including my younger brother who has a very cool looking home screen, um, who will be thrilled that it doesn't launch the shortcuts app in between. So all very exciting stuff, regardless of whether I will be uh, theming my my page. Kathy, what about you? So before I upgraded to the 12 Pro Max, I had gone through and, and shortcutted aesthetically. <laughs> I don't know how to say whatever. I made it pretty. Um, well, Unless you talk to Alex Cox, but that's fine. Um, I I had the custom shortcuts just on some apps that didn't need notifications and that I used often enough to need um, it on the main screen, but not often enough to be bothered by the hop into shortcuts. Um, I may or may not do that again. So I switched my backdrop and everything over when I changed phones. And I I don't know if I'll change it back because, mm -hmm. like Micah said, it took a long time, especially because I had the brilliant idea, because I'm slightly bananas, to make the buttons, the app 
icons look like they were part of the backdrop and that (laughs) was a lot of work and i don't know if i will ever do that again um but who knows uh my daughter on the other hand will be ecstatic because her phone is aesthetic af and i know that she'll be very excited to see that um yeah I am not the right person. <laughs> I have never done any of this. Like, I've played around with shortcuts. I don't think I've ever set up one to do, like, the custom icons or anything like that. It just doesn't... It's not something I need. I'm very happy with the way my phone works, and I have no aesthetic sense whatsoever. So that's <laughs> never really been something that, uh, you know, draws me to the customization angle. Uh, I like the idea a lot. I think it's nice that they're removing, like you know that that extra step in between i do think what's best about this is that it shows that apple is paying attention to the way people use its products uh and it means that um hopefully this could apply broad more broadly to all these other places where people are frustrating about the way that that apple uh, you know treats certain things including shortcuts but other other features in general and it's like oh huh all these people are twisting and bending the system to do this thing what if we made that easier for them i think is a great attitude to have so yes. i'm hopeful that this is sort of more long term showing that apple is more cognizant of like the trends regarding its devices and more rapid to respond to them when they happen, because this is pretty cool that this has been like, you know, a couple months and they've already made changes to make the support it better. So that's great. Uh, Matthew, why don't you round us out here? Sure. I think those are all totally great points. And I for sure feel the activation energy part because I have, I'm, I'm just going to say too many shortcuts. <laughs> and so trying to put all of those onto my home screens in some sort of organization literally takes me like at multiple full work days um that's why i was asking ahead of thanksgiving basically is just because if people are just laying around i think also the big thing too is you're you don't have to go full in on like complete home screen things and just adding a couple will i think be super powerful i think that's always going to be what looks great in my youtube video or on a tiktok isn't necessarily like the most practical way for people to use it but I'm just fascinated to see. I mean, of course, the teens are going to take the trend however they want to. But I think just the simple utility, like Micah said, HomeKit widgets is going to be great. I think little menus to make you do multiple things from one app is awesome, too. Like, I'm I'm just personally thrilled because so often I'm, I feel like I'm waiting for shortcuts to get to the place where people can use it and... Building shortcuts, I think, is still complicated, but I think now using shortcuts, especially with the automation updates in iOS 14, is is going to be awesome. And all the Siri stuff, everybody's got HomePod minis maybe now, so that's always exciting. So if you are interested in shortcuts, I'd say it's a good time. And also, like, every one of you hosts, ask me for help. I will help you. <laughs> <laughs> I will teach you guys. It's not, Dan, I got some great writing stuff that I bet you'd love, so... I, all of it let's let's go Very <laughs> all right well folks we have just about reached the end of the episode but i get to tell you about woven the all-in-one calendar perfect for busy people now of course feeling disorganized at work is not fun you don't know what you're supposed to do next what you've already done what uh meetings you have that day it can be a nightmare trying to figure that out out. But Woven is going to help you with that because it syncs all of your calendars in one place, including your Google, your G Suite, and your Microsoft 365 accounts. So you can see 
all of your time, both personal and professional. Woven builds scheduling links directly into your calendar so you can use one-off scheduling links. You can quickly time block your week using Woven's smart templates so you can plan your perfect week. And it also has built-in analytics so you can easily calculate where you spend your time to make time for what matters most. You really have to check this out. Take control of your calendar, improve your workflow, and by the way, as a listener of the show, you out there get to try Woven free for 21 days. Go to Woven.com or of course, click the link in the show notes. That's Woven.com. Our thanks to Woven for its support of this show. And of course, Relay FM. All right, here is my bonus topic for you. What is your favorite non tabletop role playing game board game? I really enjoy playing the Harry Potter Clue. Three people is perfect. It all works out great. Um, I really like it. It's short enough too to where I don't get bored. So there's that. Mm. Uh, I glanced over at my shelf full of board games and I could literally spend another half hour show talking about this, but I will pick just two of my favorites really quick. Codenames, fantastic party game, and Seven Wonders, which is uh, probably one of my favorite all-time games. I like Settlers of Catan. Catan? I'm not sure. Apparently, there's some debate there, but that's was my college game for me mine is also clue i i think clue is so much fun and yes it goes fast enough that i don't get bored uh clue i love it and i love all of you thank you so much for being on this show today with us kathy campbell thank you so much for having me and matthew Casanelli, thank you so much for being here thank you it's a pleasure as always and micah will be back next week but we of course want to wish all of our listeners in the u.s a happy thanksgiving celebrate and be safe and uh we'll see you next week but until then we remind you watch what you say and keep watching the clock bye everybody